Well, welcome to Genuine Love Sunday. If you're visiting with us this morning, my name is Dan, and uh, it was my wife, Han, getting to serve as host before. Apologies about that awful comment, calling me beautiful. Uh, I want to, that's just a, so offensive. There are so many beautiful people here, and, and that, anyway, uh, love having you guys here. You can stick around, Johnny, and uh, you can go, uh, Mr. Burglar, stalker. Thanks, man. <laughs> You're going to sell me a wristwatch later? I love it. <laughs> God loves you. And uh, it's so good to have you here. Uh, today is a special day for us. It is truly an amazing day where we celebrate everything that God has done in us and through us this year. Uh, we at this church believe wholeheartedly that God has called us to be a generous people. And that is not just our church. I think every single follower of Jesus Christ who has encountered his love and grace and mercy sees the joy and freedom in giving. And uh, we will never call money evil. The Bible does not call money evil. The Bible calls the love of money evil. And so we recognize here that there is a constant battle. There is a constant necessary battle that you and I have to do in our heart so that we do not start to love money more than we love God. Yes, it, it, I'm not saying give it all away. Once again, it's not evil. You need to pay your mortgage, put clothes on your kids' back, food on the table. But let us always see it as a tool. It is a nothingness in this world that we are using to extend God's kingdom and reach as many people as we can. Amen? And so uh, I'm going to preach for a while, a word I felt God put on my heart, and then after that we're going to celebrate everything God has done as a church this year. We're going to talk about the figures that have come in, and we're going to talk about the figures that have gone out, I think, uh, uh, equally as important as celebrating what has come in. Let's celebrate what's gone out, because we're not just trying to build some Scrooge McDuck. Uh, room where you and I can jump out of the window into a room full of gold. Amen. We're trying to give it out and say, uh, let's let's take the gospel out there and love on some people. And so, Jonah, you can come on up. Can I please have that scripture on the screen this morning? We're going to speak out of Ephesians chapter 2. If you have your Bible, you can turn there, but I'm going to read out of the message translation, which is a, a different paraphrase. You can start going for it, mate. Start building on the back. Just stand there and face everyone. And uh, whatever you feel, little, yeah, mate, you got it? You still got it in you? Do you remember the days? Do you want me to get senior up here? <laughs> the kingdom of faith is now your home country. This is God speaking to his people, speaking to you. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. Amen? You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. Just going to stop. Every time I read the gospel, it excites me just a little bit. Regardless of what has happened in your upbringing, regardless of what has happened in your past, I'm not saying it's nothing because it may have affected you in a big way, but what I'm saying is it has not detracted from you being called a son of God, a daughter of God. As anyone has a right to be called a Christian, so do you. Not just people who get their life in order and get rid of all these things of addiction and, and forgive everyone really quickly. You, no matter where you are right now, have full right to be called a Christian as soon as you put your faith in what Jesus did on the cross. God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here. In what he is, uh, irrespective of how we got here, in what he is building. He used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. Thanks, Johnny. You can go now. Thanks, buddy. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Jesus Christ as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day. A holy temple built by God. Can you say by God? All of us, all of us, built into it. There we go. A temple 
in which God is quite at home. Can we pray? Jesus, we love you so much. We thank you for what you have done in our church, are doing in our church, and will do in our church. And our prayer, God, my prayer, I pray every one of us, our heart would cry out, use us. Use us to build your house so people can be saved and set free by your love and truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Incredible passage, isn't it? God is, is building the house. God is the one doing it, but he's using you and I. One of the toughest jobs I've ever done for a, a, a while, I was um, uh, probably five years, I was one day a week at church, and I was uh, youth pastoring, and so for one day a week at church, we'd, we'd kind of do morning crew in the morning, and then I'd teach RE for three or four hours, and then uh, a couple hours in the afternoon to prep my sermon, and that night we'd have youth ministry here back then, it was called Accelerate, and it was pumping, and it was awesome, and for the other four, sometimes five days a week, I was just kind of working with dad as whatever we could get work doing, and so I uh, pretty much almost finished my painting apprenticeship. I was like two subjects off it, but they needed me to take my annual leave when I was full-time here to do it. So I was like, no, thank you. So I did painting for a number of years. We did shop fitting uh, for 18 months, but uh, there was times where I was, there, there was no work. So you do whatever you can just to get finances. And I was like steel fixing with some friends, Casey Harpy, and, and doing all kinds of things here. And we were concreting and we were doing it all. But the toughest one, in my opinion, the one that, that broke my spirit... <laughs> was Bricky's Laboring. Looking at Reese at the back, qualified bricklayer. How you doing, buddy? My dad outside as well. Was a bricklayer for 30 years. Pretty much turned into one by the end of it. <laughs> Bricky's Laboring it is so tough. It is such a brutal job. And in the, the peak of summer, you get there and, and there's just kind of like the, the foundations are poured and, and the qualified brickies kind of have it easy. They're doing the cushy job. <laughs> but the brickies label, what his job is, is the truck will just dump like pallets and pallets of bricks out the front. And you've got to fill up the barrel with as many bricks as you can wheel. And they haven't laid the turf yet. And there's no like concrete around it. So it's just sand. And you've got pretty much sand and wheelbarrow full of bricks. You've got to carry around thousands of bricks and spread them around the parameter for the bricklayer to lay. And then you've got to get into making the mud. And uh, just pretty much keep that mixer going. And you're shoveling and adding water and shoveling and adding water. And when it's done, you're filling up barrows and, and dropping it on boards, mud boards around the whole property. And it is brutal. It is such a tough job. And, and, and as I read this, this verse, it kind of reminds me of, of the precision that is needed. You look at a lot of builders and, and you think, oh man, I could do that. And, and we try it at home and it falls over horribly. But the precision needed in a brick wall, that, so it is not curved and it's not jagged and they have their, their straight line to get it perfect. And when we built this house, this particular house in Palm Beach, I remember the, the foundations were laid and then we were doing brick pylons or pillars everywhere and corners and then they, were, they had to raise this house a meter and so the foundation was this brick wall and I remember dad giving me a shot and he's you know grab your trowel and do it and blah, 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 do this and put the bricks in and he's like have a go have a go have a go and after doing like one line he's like okay cool now I've got to redo it I was like dad no one's gonna see this like no it's it's fine no one's there. he's like yeah but this has to be perfect uh, everything I see, everything that's needed right now, uh, I know exactly what I'm doing here. And it reminded me of this verse so much. It reminded me of our great God, who is such a precision maker, builder when it comes to building the house of God. He knows 
where the bricks need to go. He knows how the house needs to be built. He knows exactly what needs to be done. The one difference in God and a brick that a bricklayer will use is something called free will. <laughs> how many people know that a brick, little brick, can't get up and run away? You know that, right? I'm done. I need sock puppets. Yeah, okay. So this little brick cannot actually run away. And so the bricklayer, builder on a job site, gets to do whatever they want. God only gets to do whatever he wants with the house when we completely rest in his hands. When we completely surrender ourselves to God and say, God, you have my life, you have my will, you have my time, and you have my finances, you have my future. It is very good for you and I to stand here every Sunday morning and sing, you hold this world in your hands. And it's one thing for us to know that. It's another thing for us to see that when we say world, he means us. Not just a bunch of mountains and trees. He holds every person in his hands. And the most healthy, secure Christians I have ever seen in my whole life are those who, even when they don't understand why, and even when they can't see God in the situation, and even when they can't figure it out, happily surrender themselves to a sovereign God and say, God, I'm yours. Do with me as you wish. And we start to see this wall being built brick by brick by brick. This church is 38 years old right now. And there are some people that are not going anywhere. They are secure. They have sacrificed holidays. They have sacrificed cars. They have sacrificed that bigger house so that you and I could have this beautiful place to come every single Sunday. They have given over the years tens of thousands, some hundreds of thousands of dollars to, to make sure that God can build his house using you and I. This morning, I want us to see some things out of the, this, this passage. I want us to see some things that jump out around the beauty that, that will rest in your life, the, the, the amazing life that you will live if you will truly rest in God, lean into God and say, God, use me for your will. You are the builder. I am the brick. The first thing that we notice very quickly, in my opinion, is something in here. It's a lot safer than something over here. Right? We're going to see that safety go to you and I. We need to understand that when it comes to the kingdom of God, we cannot just say yes to a kingdom of God, a kingdom of light, unless we also acknowledge the reality of a kingdom of darkness. Pastor Phil Pringle, who leads our movement, will say there are three people most attacked in the local church. The local pastor, the worship leader, and the person raising finances. You and I need to catch that there is a spiritual attack on you being a generous person. Satan hates that you want to give money to see someone else hear the gospel. And we, it should be obvious, but sometimes we don't think that way. Satan hates that we have a building that we own, that you and I can come to on a Sunday morning to hear the gospel and sing the gospel and be around gospel people. Satan hates that. He hates the idea that we have a building back there and the mortgage is nearly done and people are being fed and people are being loved on and the gospel is being preached. He hates that. So expect an attack when you want to be a generous person for the kingdom of God. 
You have to expect it. Come on, just a little bit. I know this might not be like the, the thing you want to hear, but I need a little bit more. Like, expect your marriage to be attacked. Expect your finances to be attacked. Expect your mental health to be attacked. Expect your friendships to be attacked. Expect an attack. Because you're a generous person who is not doing what you want when you want, but has surrendered to the will of God. And when you're a generous person who has truly said to God, use me how you want, God's going to use you how he wants, and Satan wants to stop that. John Wesley said, I would rather a hundred men who fear neither, I forget it all, blah, 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 fear neither the gates of hell. I don't care whether they're lay person or clergy or, or businessmen, just give me a hundred people who don't fear the gates of hell, and I will conquer the world. It's not about just having these positions in church. We've got to see the kingdom of darkness is real, and God is real. The kingdom of light is real, and he wants to build you into the house of God. Please don't see yourself as just sitting here on a Sunday and singing some songs and doing some things. Biblically, you are part of an army of God. You are the church. You are the people of God. And every single one of us is using our gifts, it's using our talents, using our abilities, using our finances, using our time to build the house of God. I've said it several times from this stage. You and I should wish, you and I should wish that we only have to give money to church. We should beg. Our flesh, our sinful desire should beg that God only wanted our money. He wants all of you. He wants every aspect. He wants every single minute you live, whether you're at work or at home, he, he still wants him to be king. He still wants to be Lord and Savior. And when you let him build you in, you are safe. The other thing that, that seems to be the same, but I did want to point out, is you are surrounded. See, something about a brick by itself, we, we read about what happens when sheep wander off by themselves or when the, the lost sheep went out into the wilderness. There is something about just this rogue, lost person who is saying, hey, hey, hey uh, no, 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 thank you very much. I know the culture I live in right now. I, I get to do what I want when I want, thank you very much, Dan. I'll give when I want. I'll give how much I want. I'll do what I want with my time. I'll do what I want with my resources. I'll do what I want with my family. I will do what I want. What we need to see is how accurate that is to our current culture and how anti-gospel that is. Because once again, that's a brick saying, no, 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 no. Don't use me how you want, God. I'll use you how I want. I'll tell you what to do in my life. and what, I'll give you the, the space that you can have freedom in, but don't talk to me about this. I'll give you some room over here to move here. Thank you. I welcome the blessing, and I welcome the, the free things, and I welcome the joy, and I welcome the love. You can do that in my world, but don't poke this. Don't tell me to do this. We start to live our lives like this, but there's something so healthy about when you are surrounded. This wasn't just a preaching series. We need to see that us as a church, we are catching and we are living a we is greater than me community. There is something healthy about a we. There is something healthy about an us. There is something healthy about a body of Christ that you cannot get by yourself. 
You are surrounded here, and here's why I want you to know that. When, when you go through it, when you're on a mountain and everything's good, we're going to celebrate with you. But when you're in a valley, guess what? We're with you. And you don't get that over here. You don't get that over here because you, you don't let you get that. You don't allow yourself to receive people doing life with you. Pull yourself over here, and the amount of people, I'm like, oh, I'm over here, no one's invited me to dinner, and no one's... No one's inviting me to go to coffee and no one's asking how I'm doing. Like, when was the last time you did it for someone else? <laughs> Poking some things this morning. When you're surrounded, there's an amazing sense of what God is doing here. When you're surrounded, you catch things from other people. Do you, do you want to hear an amazing fact? And this is, this is just fact now, and I love that it's fact. Okay, our house, uh, this church was uh, this kind of handful of families that were just there from the start. And they gave time and money and energy, and they were a team, and they did so much together. There's the uh, Buchanans, there's the Harrisons, there's the Whites, there's the other Whites, Stephen Debbie White, there's the Martins, and there's the Gorys. So six families, okay? Six families sacrificed so much money and so much time and so much energy to building this church. Do you want to hear this fact? You ready for it? Six families, every one of their kids right now, is in a local church. A regular member of a local church. Six families, not one of them, not one kid right now doesn't want to go to church. And sometimes I hear people like, I don't want to give. Instead, I want to just you know, buy my kids some other things and I want to uh, have a Sunday off and do all these things. And I don't need to be at church. I'll go to church once a month, once every two months, once every three months. I've got to instead do things for my kids. And one of the best things you can do for your kids, trust me, one of our values as a church is family above ministry. But one of the best things you can do for your kids is build the house of God. There is an anointing that falls on you that keeps your kids safe. Abraham was the one who went through the trial. Abraham was the one who went, had to carry Isaac up on the mountain and be ready to kill him. Yet God always revealed himself. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because what Abraham did flowed down. What you and I are giving right now, when I give right now, I'm not simply going, what can I do and what can we achieve in a financial year? I, literally, every time I give, I'm like, God, you are holding my kids in your hands. I'm speaking them into a relationship with you. When I pray over them at night, I'm praying, God, help, help them grow up knowing that you love them and help them grow up knowing you're their real dad. I pray that every night over my kids. Because when I give, I'm saying, God, they're yours. When you allow God to do this, yeah, it means you won't have some other freedoms. Yeah, it means you're going to lose some freedoms, but oh my gosh, are you surrounded? Oh my gosh, are you safe? Last thing, when you do this, have you noticed the whole day I've just been picking up a brick and doing this, but you notice I can't really do that? I can be that pulling it over. Didn't want to get mortar up here. I was going to get Johnny to actually get some mortar and mud. and I can't get in there, even though he's got gaps. I can't pull that out without it all being affected. Last thing I want you to get, when, when you allow God to build you into his house, you are unsnatchable. Can we get John chapter 10 up, please? John chapter 10, verse 28 to 29. Behold, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. That's you. You get saved. That's salvation. No one, can you say no one? Can snatch them away from me. For my Father has given them to me, and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one 
can snatch them out of my Father's hand. And when you are His, when you rest into God and say, God, use me, do what you want. You're unsnatchable. Yeah, expect a fight. Expect a fight to come, as we said at the start. There is a real devil who really hates you. Yep, there are real battles in this world that sometimes we bring on ourselves. Sometimes it's not Satan. We're not going to give him all the credit, are we? There are real battles that you will go through. But when you just rest in God's house, as high as your highs are or as low as your lows are, you, the very essence of you, you're unsnatchable. God's got you in his hands. And we rest in that. We rest in that. We rest in that. God, you've got me in your hands. You've built me into your house. Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. The apostles and the prophets are the foundation. God, I am safe. God, I am surrounded. And God, I am unsnatchable. There is an anointing that falls on you and I when we put first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all those other things shall be added unto you. Matthew 6, 33, if you're taking notes. God is with you.